0: Welcome to The Grange Point where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. Helping your body from the outside and also finding out what's going on on the inside. This week we talk about a couple of different medical devices. One's on the outside of your body that you can wear for a long time to get a really clear picture of what's happening inside. And others that you can put into your body and really give it a shock and a jolt and help get it back into tip-top shape. Or maybe even study what's happening inside your blood vessels and nerves. This week, a tale of wearable medical devices. Now, going to the doctors can often be a bit of a challenge because most of the time you're trying to describe something that's wrong with you. And then the GP or maybe a specialist has to infer from a number of tests exactly what the situation is inside of your body. Now... lot of the time they can look externally, maybe look at a rash, some marks on your skin, maybe peer inside your mouth or in your ear cavity. But to get any deeper than that, then we have to actually look inside somehow. There's plenty of ways we can do some more invasive, more intensive treatments to get inside, like say a colonoscopy or other interventions where we go inside with cameras, but there's like a lack laposcopy. But if you wanted to look maybe inside an organ or check the function of something, well, you might have an ultrasound. Now, this is a pretty nifty and easy way, aside from the gel and the coldness that comes along with it, of seeing what's inside of a body. Of course, it has its weakness. Ultrasound relies on sound waves to actually produce images. It's not as comprehensive as, say, an MRI or a pet or cat scan. doesn't give you the details in bone structure as well, like an x-ray does, but for soft tissue and organs, an ultrasound is really good. Problem is, an ultrasound, despite its actual sound waves that it uses, is actually pretty big and bulky to carry around with you. Not immensely complex and heavy, but the processing equipment of the screens just make it difficult to actually position, let alone actually keep on a duration of time. One of the things that you'll notice about an ultrasound usage is there's a lot of poking and prodding to get it in just exactly the right spot. And for example, in the uses case of actually looking inside at a fetus as it's developing, an ultrasound has to move around to chase the actual developing baby. Now, this is a pretty interesting example of application ultrasound, but there are many, many others that people will come across in their lifetimes. Now, peering inside an object is really useful for understanding its performance, but it is only a moment in time. If you wanted to have, say, a longer term look at how something is functioning, maybe how it's functioning when you're asleep, or when you're eating, or when you're running, well, you can not really have an ultrasound machine strapped to you as you do that, mostly because it's so positional, it'll be so thrown off by everything else, let alone the bulk and complexity of that operation. So, for want of a better word, looking inside an organ and seeing how it functions in the real world, not in the examination suite, is tricky. And that's why interventions and measurement ways of determining what's happening inside a body can often be, well, left to just that particular circumstance in that doctor's office. If you want to get into a real world look at how inside a body is functioning, you need a sensor or a scanning device that is portable low-powered, and actually could be worn in some form or another. And that's exactly what researchers from Massachusetts Institute of Technology have published in the journal Science. An example of how to make a bioadhesive ultrasonic patch that can provide long-term, continuous imaging of a whole range of organs. All those problems we talked about trying to have a portable, long-term scan of something, well, that's what this is trying to address. And lead authors... Zhonghi Wang and Xiao Yu Chen, along with Wang, Miki Hata, Hiao, Xiao Liu, Tao Zhu, and Zhang Yiu Zhao, have published in the journal Science a way and an outline of how this could actually be done in a practical way. More like a box of band-aids that you could place on different parts of your body and get a detailed image of what's happening inside of it. Wearable devices that provide medical grade images. Now, this is a pretty amazing project But you have to remember it's really useful not just for medical organizations as well but it has a lot of funding for this particular research project from the u.s army research office because you know understanding ways of injuries happen in the field and tracking them when you don't have access to complex machinery well that is actually a pretty important thing for battlefield medicine it's also important for disaster response and a number of range of other medical applications like long-term studies Now, what the researchers actually published in the journal Science was the design for a new ultrasound sticker. It's roughly the size of a postage stamp and it sticks to the skin for a period of around 48 hours, or at least that's how long it can provide power to its ultrasonic imaging. Now, they actually applied these stickers to a whole bunch of volunteers and showed that the devices were capable of producing live high resolution images of not just organs, but major blood vessels, deep organs of the heart, the lungs, and the stomach. And as long as the stickers maintained their adhesion, which they were pretty good at doing, they were able to capture the changes in the underlying organs. When those volunteers were able to do all kinds of things, like sitting, standing, jogging, biking, these are stress tests for any type of adhesive-based sensor. Now, the current design requires connecting the stickers back to instruments that translate the sound waves into images. So to be clear, these sensors are more like the actual sensing device, they're not the storage and transmitter element of it. All the power and everything else comes from a wired other device that is attached to it. So it's not some miraculous wireless power. Now to make this work like any other ultrasound, you have to make a liquid gel barrier which enables you to transmit the ultrasound waves through your skin to the rest of your body. Ultrasound in principle works by producing the sound waves, having them bounce through the body, hit an object and then bounce back. Now depending on what it hits and what it bounces off, you get different times. These times get translated into basically measurements that we can make. From this you produce an image, much in the same way that light images produced produced by the way light bounces off objects and returns back to the sensing device or, or your eyes. The same thing done here with sound waves. Now, of course, the actual equipment used in ultrasound is normally pretty rigid, pretty solid. That's why the gel's there to help get a nice, smooth surface for it to produce the sound through. The Problem is, how do you do that with a patch? Well, you still want your rigid array of transducers, but you also want a stretchy adhesive layer as the, the binder to the skin. This combination is what the researchers found, help actually keep the transducers in the right space to generate really clear images. But at the same time, you needed, of course, still some layers of elastomer gel and hydrogels encased inside of this to make sure you could easily transmit the sound waves. And by having an elastomer based one, one that's stretchy, it prevents the like drying out of the hydrogel, which is what typically happens with an ultrasound gel. It drives out and just leaves a sticky residue behind. Well, this actually sort of traps it and doesn't have that same base, which makes it good, and especially good for sticking to your skin, which is what that elastomer is designed to do. So you've got a rigid transducer, a pretty sticky elastomer layer, and all all together it's around 2cm across and 3mm thick. That's really quite small when you think about it. If you want to think about it in another way, it could be applied to patients in this hospital, maybe in a similar way to EKG stickers work. Now an EKG sticker you probably put on your body and then have that dialed back into an instrument. Now sometimes that is with a physical long cord and plug to a metered stand EKG device or sometimes it's on a halter, a strap device that you wear over your shoulder or as a belt. Now you could do that in the hospital settings and medical settings with the same thing with the same patch like today right now but if you could make it operate wirelessly which is what the team is currently trying to work towards, well, then you could have something that the patients could wear or take home from a doctor's office or even buy at a pharmacy. That's really the goal here. Because one of the things that for precision medicine researchers really want to have, or really any medicine, is an actual detailed understanding of what is happening inside somebody's body. And the best way to get that is to actually see. Now, if you could have these devices and connect them back to your smartphone or another sensor device and download that logged data back to your doctor, the doctor can get real insights into your day-to-day life and functioning of your organs. And that's really the goal of Shan Hu Zhao, the professor of mechanical engineering at MI2 who was involved in this study. Developing this wearable patches on your body that you can see the functioning of the internal organs is kind of like a holy grail of insight for a general practitioner. That's why this paper published in the journal Science is pretty amazing as it outlines from Wang, Chen, Wang, Mikihata, Chan Hun Li, Zhao, and Zhao an amazing way of developing new types of information that can really make for some precision and targeted medicine, or even just some climper and clearer consults with the GP when you try and explain what's wrong with you when you're jogging, running, or sitting or sleeping. This is development of some pretty special ultrasonic patches that can provide high resolution images inside of your body for a long period of time. Looking from the outside is pretty useful for diagnosing something, but when you actually detect something's wrong, sometimes you have to go inside to actually fix the problem. And in many cases, in some of conditions like say, Parkinson's, chronic pain, epilepsy, hearing loss, paralysis, there's times when you actually wanna go inside a body and stimulate some nerves. The problem is getting deep down or getting in there to actually do that stimulation of those nerves can be pretty difficult to do sometimes you have to leave a main device outside the body and place a guide wire into the blood stream with a stimulating electrode which could be held in place maybe with something like a stent and then you can extend the pulse and the shock through. All of this to say it's pretty complicated and messy and doesn't make it easy to do so and it's definitely an invasive procedure to think about it mildly. Now that's why researchers from Rice University along with the University of Texas, have uh, been published in the journal Nature Biomedical Engineering. A new mechanism, an implant that is a little bit bigger than, say, a grain of rice, and they want to use this with blood vessels together to make much, much simpler and smaller devices that could be used to stimulate nerves directly. And this research team, which published in the journal Nature Biomedical Engineering, with leaders on this team, Jacob Robinson and Kaiyang Yang, along with and lead authors Joshua Chen and Peter Can. Now, the way this team of researchers tackled this problem of trying to stimulate nerves, providing a shock or jolt to them, without actually having lots of wires and inserted electrodes through the body, was to come up with what they called the magnetoelectric bioimplant, the Mibit. Now, what this is is a small object, of the size, as I said, of a grain of rice which is placed surgically along with an electrode inside of the body and guided to exactly where it needs to be for stimulating the right nerve. Now, once it's there, though, it doesn't need any external wires because it can be controlled with a near-field transmitter, which is worn close to the body. So basically, you initiate the shocks remotely and don't need a long guide wire to come through and do that. And because the devices are so small, they can use blood vessels as the highway system to reach the targets that you wouldn't otherwise normally be able to get to with traditional surgery. Because you're not trying to feed in and go through and cut open and get somewhere, you can instead ride the blood vessels all the way to exactly where you need to get. It's a way more elegant way of reaching exactly where you need to be inside the body and getting right at those nerves. Now, how these little things manage to draw their power to give those electric socks is also pretty amazingly novel. Now it uses magnetoelectric materials which eliminates the need for electric wires through the skin. Now if you imagine someone wearing a pacemaker, there can be wires that come out of that that often need to be replaced. and the problem with those wires as well is their sources of inflammation and infection. Battery-powered implants are great, but then you have to go in there and do additional surgery. Now, what they're doing with a wearable charger requires no surgery. They basically have it above the skin. And even if you misalign the device by several inches, a fair distance, it's still got enough power to sufficiently communicate and power the implant, which is a pretty amazing feat. And they tested in animal models, and they found it could charge and communicate with the implants several centimeters below the skin, even with misalignment. That's pretty amazing because you've effectively gone wire-free for this little implant device. Now, the device itself has a strip of magnetic film that converts magnetic energy into electrical power, and the onboard chip that can, you know, do some instructions and, and processing of the signals as they come in. Now, this is basically using a magnetic field generated by the transmitter, which. It's not talking a huge magnetic field about one millitesla, which is a very easily tolerated by tissue in humans amount of magnetic field. But that can be harnessed to generate, well, a maximum of four milliwatts of power. Now, for most nerve applications, that's heaps. Now, for powering a car, that's nothing, even a watch or a smartphone. But for giving a little jolt to a nerve in the right spot, That's way more than enough. So even accounting for some loss and some inefficiency through the layers of tissue, using that smaller magnetic field is enough to induce in the current inside this little rice-shaped chip to again give the shock when required. Now, one of the nice things about all these nerves in our body is that they are connected to the vascular system, all of those blood vessels, which means not only can the blood reach it, but then you could also get there with this little implant device. It can ride the blood waves and get exactly to where it needs to be and then deliver to those nerves, well, the right shock at the right time, depending on the control from the external device. This is a pretty amazing type device because it's relatively low risk, but also highly precise. Compared to trying to stimulate nerves with a complicated and invasive surgical procedure, you could have these electrodes in the bloodstream that could give you not only real-time delivery of shocks to nerves that need it for treatment, that's great and all, but you could also use the same technique for sensing of biochemical pH, blood oxygen levels, all other kinds of information that you might want to measure from inside the body that you can't measure externally and send that information back. Now, because this sort of chip mechanism works, yes, the main point in this study was to do for nerve stimulation, but there's no reason why instead of sending a shock, you couldn't measure something instead. And that is a pretty nifty piece of implanted device. Now by using this magneto induction technique it serves as an amazing proof of concept for not just wearable on the outside tech as we talked about earlier but wearable on the inside that eliminates needs for pretty invasive treatments and actually makes it far more portable and able to do long-term duration treatments as well which for things like epilepsy and Parkinson's or other type of nerve damage where this sort of shock treatment for the nerves is really helpful It enables way more targeted, not only intervention for people that need it, but also more targeted studies, which can lead us to get better insights into how to develop more accurate treatments as well. So this is an example of ultra-precise medicine at play that relies on some really innovative technology and sensors, in this case powered by magnetism, not ultrasound as we spoke about earlier, but nonetheless a pretty amazing technology as outlined in nature biomedical engineering with lead authors chen and khan a long list of collaborators from rice university and university of texas this has been the young scientists of australia's podcast lagrange point portable and wearable ultrasonic sensors along with ways to give your nerves a shock from inside your body without all those messy wires we found out about some wearable medical devices